set. Places, everybody. And action. Hi, guys. Welcome to Black Girl Film Club, a podcast where two Black women discuss movies. On today's episode, we'll be talking about 13 um, from 2003, directed by Katherine Hartwick. So y'all, before we get started, we've been experiencing some technical <laughs> difficulties. So this is like, our, <laughs> this is our third attempt at recording this episode. So just bear with us. Uh, we're we're going to make it through this. We're going to make it through this. So, Ashley, do you want to go over, like, how we kind of arrived at doing an episode on 13? <laughs> yes. Okay, I'm going to stop laughing. I'm sorry. I've just been nervous <laughs> in case the whole of the internet just drops out. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. March is uh, Women's History Month, and Brittany had the great idea of picking movies directed by women um, to review. Uh, I'm not sure how we got to 13. We kind of um, went and talked about quite a few movies. We listed a bunch, which is an interesting kind of uh, task, given the fact that so few movies are directed by women. I actually was expecting to find very little, which is kind of awful when you really think about it. Yeah. And we actually found quite a few, um, like American Psycho. We found um, a couple of indie movies. We talked about Pariah, which we're going to do next week. But 13, I think, was interesting because, first of all, I haven't seen it. And I've always heard about it. (laughs) And also, um, the director, uh, Catherine Hardwick, who's directed Twilight and Lords of Dogtown, she actually... um, wrote this movie with Nikki Reed, who plays one of the girls in the movie. So this is basically based off of like Nikki's life up to the point. So it's kind of a true story in a way, or I guess the dramatization of a true story, um, which is kind of even more, I guess, upsetting (laughs) when you think about the events of the film. Because I read like when they were actually filming the movie, Nikki and um, Evan Rachel Wood were both 14. So first yeah. you kind of let like a 12 year old write a movie. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, like we okay. can kind of tell. Well, <laughs> well, so I, I did look at that and um, originally the movie was much more sort of like everybody against Tracy, who is the main character in the movie. So it's like all like Tracy against the world, basically. And then Catherine kind of came in and sort of fleshed it out and gave much more like sympathetic roles to the mom, um, Tracy's mom, especially, uh, which is good because I think it would be kind of, it would definitely be like, oh, okay, a kid wrote this. If it was just like <laughs> all the adults are in the wrong all the time, I've done nothing wrong <laughs> kind of thing. But yeah, so they basically came up with this movie like in a week, um, like the whole like initial script and stuff. They wrote it in six days. 
Jan ran in six days. I think like over like a Christmas break because Catherine's known Nikki for I guess she used to date her father, Nikki's father, and like they kind oh. of kept in contact after. It kind of said two different things. It even said that she was her mother's friend, or she was like she had dated her father, one of the two. But basically, they had kept in contact, and Catherine had sort of noticed like around Nikki was like maybe 12 or, you know, 13, she started kind of acting out and her personality kind of um, got more like combative. And so they basically came together. Originally they were going to, she was going to like introduce her to like acting classes or ballet or something just to kind of get her to like have a constructive outlet for all her sort of acting out. But then they turned to making a movie. So we got this. That's it. A interesting way to go about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I first watched this movie around the time that it came out. So in our previous attempts at recording, I was kind of sharing with Ashley how watching this movie growing up, it was like, oh my God, like I could kind of relate. Well, I honestly couldn't relate to everything, but I've definitely seen like people I went to school with reflected in the kids in the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, But watching it as an adult was a completely different experience. Like I'm not a parent right now. And if I do have kids, I don't want my kids to grow up to be Caucasian teenagers. Like I don't think (laughs) I could handle it because watching this movie had me stressed. I was so stressed out. I felt bad for um, Holly Hunter as she tried to raise these wild kids and be a cool mom. And I'm like, "Uh uh-uh. I guess, like, what was so outlandish to me is because, like, I had a black mom and uh, none of this would have flowed. Like, (laughs) none of this would fly at all with her, like yelling slamming doors telling people to get out your face drinking at like 12 smoking weed no no i would be like six feet under by now see the interesting thing to me is like i know a lot of parents like are would be or not would be but like future parents would watch this and be like no that's not like that would never happen like my daughter would never be like that if she was, I'd just whoop her and then that'll just solve everything, which doesn't solve everything. Just going to put that out there for the ones that like to beat your kids a lot. But I do think like it is interesting that I think this sort of thing is kind of always relegated to like Caucasian girls, like the whole <laughs> sort of wilding out and acting crazy and getting away with it. But I do like want to point out like her mom like, it's very obvious in certain, like, it becomes very obvious, I guess, over time. Like, her mom's not really equipped to deal with her daughter and doesn't really kind of, isn't really prepared for any of the um, changes her daughter's going through because she's going through a lot of shit herself. Mm-hmm. Just in, like, her decision-making and that kind of thing and how she tries to relate to her daughter sort of on, a, like, a friend level and then doesn't really know how to step in and, like, be the parental role. But also I think it's interesting because like a lot of people seem to think that only white girls get like anxious or have sort of um, like uh, Tracy in the movie there. She has very self-destructive tendencies. She has very bad 
coping mechanisms for dealing with a lot of the stuff that goes on in her house. And I think that, um, I think a lot of people don't realize that black girls get anxiety too. And black girls kind of have sort of weird coping mechanisms sometimes that aren't always healthy. I just think that the, definitely the slamming the doors and all of that. I don't know that many black parents that would let that fly. But then I think they they also would know really how to deal with something like this. Like if their daughter just started coming and mouthing off or something, I think they wouldn't handle it the best way either all the time. I think it's like a fine line. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I guess we could like give a like summary of what the movie is about. Basically, um, the movie is about a young lady named Tracy, played by Evan Rachel Wood. Um, the It begins toward the start of her um, seven year, seventh grade year mm-hmm. in middle school. Um, so she starts the school year off with her two friends. One is like Vanessa Hudgens. Um, yeah, yeah and- that was her. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, that's baby V, girl. Oh my goodness. <laughs> she looks so young. She does. Um, and then her other friend, I haven't seen that particular actress in too many other things. Um, but I would say that her group of friends at the beginning of the movie were probably not necessarily nerds, but um, kids who were focused on their schoolwork. So making sure that they made good grades, got all their homework consignments in on time and things like that. Mm -hmm. So um, like the first day of school, she noticed, um, well, she's hanging out with her older brother and his friends say, like, notice that Evie, played by Nikki Reed, has, quote unquote, grown up over the summer. So um, Evie is apparently the popular girl in school. Um, everybody wants to be her friend, sort of, um, especially like the guys. So once Tracy see, it seems like to me, once Tracy sees the attention that Evie receives from everybody, she wants to be in that circle of friends. So it's almost like an immediate change. Like she starts dressing different just to get that attention. And from there, Evie and Tracy grow like extremely close in a short period of time and things just escalate from there. And soon they're on a downward spiral into some wild stuff. Mm -hmm. One thing that I noticed about the movie is that it looks super cheap. Like it looks the whole movie cheap. Uh, Yeah. They did. It looks like, they only made it for like a million dollars. So it, it doesn't um, even look like, like that. A, I think it's partially because of the subject matter. Like I know um, the producers were kind of like getting financing was kind of hard just because of like the subject matter involved. I guess people didn't want to attach their names to, to this and risk losing like a ton of money or whatever. So um, I did read like it was kind of like a really quick shoot. Like it was like less than a month too. So mm-hmm. they basically got in and got out <laughs> with the shooting. 
But yeah, it does kind of look very. Um, I saw somebody on Letterboxd actually that said it looked like the aesthetic of you. <laughs> you wouldn't steal a car privacy ad, Bruh, I was gonna say that it looked like <laughs> the videos on BET Uncut, like the ones that come on toward the one o'clock hour, where it's just like some dudes <laughs> in a basement with a video camera. That's what it looked like to me. Yeah, I, I, I did read that it was like a lot of like handheld camera work. So that's why it's really kind of jerky. But I think they kind of tried to justify it as kind of being that sort of weird, like frenetic energy, especially mm-hmm. with like Nikki Reed's character. So it does work in some spots, but like it does look very sort of like, sort of I don't want to say DIY but it just looks very low budget it, it looked broke it looked like yeah. broke broy productions it looked yeah. broke and this was um this was Catherine's like first movie I think she used to be like a production she used Designer, to do something else in the, yeah she used to do something else in the film industry but this is like her very first movie so again like I mean you can surmise I guess if she had like the budget or like the sort of family backing that some other <laughs> film directors have, namely Sophia Coppola. <laughs> maybe we would have these, maybe she, you know, it could have been some high budget thing, but then maybe, I don't know. I don't know if she kind of worked with what she had or it was that the aesthetic that she was going for, but uh, anti-piracy ad was funny. <laughs> Bruh, that's exactly what it looks like. And you know what? <laughs> Honestly, like when you look at her other works, like if you go to look at Twilight, which was technically like a big budget movie, it looks cheap like mm-hmm. 13. Like it's all blue. Everybody's oh, yeah. makeup is messed up. Everybody's wigs look wiggy. It It's it's not good either. And I think, yeah, because she did what? Like Lords of Dogtown after 13 and then she did... Which Lord of Dogtown, I don't remember looking cheap, but it's been so long since I've seen it. I've only seen it once. But yeah, Twilight, every time I would see gifts of Twilight, like on, on Tumblr and like around the internet, I was like, why are they all blue? Is that on purpose? Like, did you, yes. did you edit that to be blue or is that really how it looks? And that's, I've only seen like maybe like half an hour of Twilight and I was like, oh, that's really how it looks. Yep. That, that was how it looked. Yeah. So, uh. But, um, yeah, so I guess we should start recapping, right? Or, well, first, yeah. first, before we start, before we start recapping, let's just give all the trigger warnings right now. <laughs> yes. So we got trigger warnings for self-harm, talks of physical and possibly sexual abuse, um, trigger warning for drug use mm-hmm. in a variety of ways, mm-hmm. um, what else would you underage warn? sexual moments? Oh, I guess. Yeah, yeah, those um, underage use and drinking and um, there's some gra- yeah. Well, the self harm we mentioned that was a bit much even for me. I was I was yeah. I got a little squeamish. <laughs> I didn't think yeah. they were gonna actually show it, which they did. They did show it a couple times. So if you're like really. Not about that. I um, might skip this movie for sure. If honestly, if you skip this movie, just in general, you're fine. It it, it won't really add any value to your life, honestly. But, <laughs> so, like, the movie kind of begins with a scene from like the 
toward the middle end of the movie where they are huffing like what is it like probably like aerosol like that yeah that thing you dust the keyboard out with yeah it's, it's the stuff that you clean your keyboard out yeah <laughs> i couldn't figure out at first and then i um was reading around and um i guess when they show because they show the scene again towards the middle like you said um mm-hmm. you can kind of tell but yeah they're basically huffing um which i also read what Nikki said about this, because I guess an interviewer asked her, like, what does this do to your body? Because um, mm-hmm. it's Tracy, and Tracy's like, I can't feel anything. She's like rubbing her face. I can't feel anything. Hit me. And she starts telling somebody to hit her. Uh-huh. And Nikki says that, like, this slows everything down. Like, it makes your, she says it makes your body tingle. Like, little things are crawling over your body, which I would freak out about that. So I don't know. If that's your thing, that's great. That freaked me out completely. But um, she says it's a really cool feeling, but it only lasts 20 seconds. So you want more and more. So you yeah. basically keep doing it to get that feeling, which I I would probably have no. some sort of weird uh, freak out moment because I don't like the idea of things crawling all over me personally. I feel like if that's your thing, I would end up like smoky and friday <laughs> yeah in the, in the chicken coop like twitching and tweaking basically and yeah oh yeah. my god what was that like angel dust i think it was angel dust in, in the blunt <laughs> it was that's not funny either but no that's funny it's awful sorry we're laughing that's terrible um, we're very bad that people <laughs> so they're huffing and punching each other in the face like hit me as hard as you can slap hit me slap they like um uh evie like busts um tracy's lip um tracy hits uh evie in the face and has like a giant gash on her forehead and i'm Mm -hmm. like what are these caucasian teens getting into like it's just immediate like wild I know because it's so weird. Like, I always I was thinking about what song is that? Is that my future? Who is that that has the I can't feel my face song? Is that no? That's the weekend. That's the weekend. Okay, I was thinking of somebody. I was like, who does a lot of drugs? And he <laughs> <laughs> <It's> said <a> future. <laughs> One of the two, man. One of the two. So like. <laughs> I was thinking about that because I was like, oh, no. I was like, people totally probably. I, was, I don't know if people slap each other when they get super fucking high. But I just thought it was I, think, I that honestly think they do. Sometimes. That's the first thing they did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've, you know, like, I, have, I have drank enough where I feel like my lips are numb. And I'm like, oh, I should stop. But I don't know if that's like a common thing. I think that might just be a me thing. <laughs> so uh, you might want to go see somebody. But I've never that. let somebody slap me in the face. No. Right. No. <laughs> I've never let somebody slap me in the face. But I have been like, I was like, oh, wait, I feel a little tingle. But I have never let somebody else like hit me or demand somebody hit me in the face. Bruh. But oh, my God. I guess from this scene, we can kind of tell that, like, they got some weird, um, like, I mean, it's basically like mutual self harm kind of thing. Like, it would you say seems that? Like or it, no? It it does seem like they have something in common, and whatever it is, it's not good. 
Yeah, they, yeah, I think they both sort of recognize that they kind of, um, I guess, have those kind of like self-destructive tendencies. So the movie kind of cuts from this like, oh my God, we're huffing and slapping each other (laughs) into like (laughs) a normal day. So like it kind of jumps right into Tracy's home life Mm -hmm. and it seems like her house is always in chaos. Like her mom played by Holly Hunter is a, I kind of get that she's a recovering addict or a recovering alcoholic. She has some kind of issues with substance abuse Mm -hmm. because you kind of get little hints for it throughout the course of the movie. But she is a kitchen cosmetologist. So she cuts people hair at home. And she always has a revolving door of people in and out of her house. So, like, she has her friends, her friends and their children. They have um, Tracy's older brother. His friends are in. Tracy, when they first introduced her, she doesn't really have too many friends. She has baby V who lives uh, across the street. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much it. Um, So, like. From there, we go to school with Tracy, and this is that first day where she first meets Evie. It feels kind of like her mom is her friend. Did you get that vibe? Like, they're very sort of, like, affectionate and something, and and they, like, kind yeah. of, yeah. They're more, I guess, they're more definitely more friends than, like, mother-daughter, almost. Because it, I got that from when she read that, like, bad preteen poetry to her mom. And okay, I was like, yeah, we have to discuss that. I was like, because mm. that was that was a bit weird. I was like, I would never read anything I wrote to my mom at that age because it's all embarrassing, and it's like, mm, this is weird. But yeah. the mom, like Mel, reacts like, "Oh my god, my daughter is so talented," and it was something about uh, somebody What's- being crippled but not broken. Yeah, I like recorded the, I re- oh, I not recorded, I like copied and pasted it. It's kind of weird, but the vibe I got from her mom was like, I'm kind of freaked out a little bit. Like she was like, oh, that's nice. A little dark. Yeah, it's a little, because it was a little dark. And, yeah, and because um, it talks about like the holy book of lies and denying things happening. And, and like, that was like the first time I was like, oh, Tracy's not all the way, um well adjusted as you would think she would be like she's got some underlying issues um but her mom's too busy with like their home life and like all the stuff that she has to do and whatever she has to manage to actually like sit there and like sort of process this it's sort of like "Mm, maybe we should discuss this further which (laughs) yeah she was like let's table that and we'll get it back to it a little later (laughs) yeah yeah like it doesn't seem like she has time for either her of her kids no like she's not a parent really to tracy or is a brother named mason because i was finna call him funny games but i I think his name is mason Mason or something yeah (laughs) he wasn't funny games (laughs) y'all should watch funny games like it's one of my favorite movies oh my god are you gonna make the people watch funny games yes (laughs) i love it Oh gosh. Oh gosh. But yeah, she, um, she's not one of those moms that's like 
two rich because you know this is what I thought the movie was going to be about. I thought it was going to be about like two rich white girls that just kind of go on a bender and they have like all these resources at their disposal to like do a bunch of drugs and just be ridiculous. But she's like a working mom, like she is always busy doing something um, and trying to manage like the chaos of their life. So because their dad is. I don't know if their dad a lives businessman. Yeah, I don't know if their dad lives in the town, but their dad is definitely absent. Like he's mm-hmm. he's around. They know who he is. At, um, but he's um a terrible dad, which we will get to because he comes up a couple times. Honestly, like I guess Mel is more of a hustler because I don't think she has a job job outside of cutting people's hair, but she makes enough money to basically have a small compound. Like the house is super big. It's mm-hmm. nice. They have a chicken coop in the backyard for whatever reason. They got chickens. It looks to be in a nice, like friendly neighborhood. And like later on in the movie, she starts like going off on Tracy talking about, I cut 12 heads a day so I can afford this house. And I was like, for 12 heads a day, like maybe I need to start cutting hair. I was like, you can't yeah, make in California and no. this economy. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I think I think um, it's kind of weird too because like Tracy assumes they are poor because she doesn't have the clothes that she wants that all the other girls have. And her mother tells her like it's towards that end scene like they're actually doing okay like they don't have everything but they have what they need which is you know basic you know, food and, and, um, shelter. So all the extra, yeah. And all the extra stuff that Tracy wants, I, you know, is probably out of their budget, but they're not, you know, they're not living in some dingy apartment. So it's kind of weird because a lot, I saw a lot of people call them middle class and I was like, I guess, but she's, she's hustling over there. And okay. So like when Tracy goes to school, she's, Honestly, dressed like everybody else. Um, but I said she was dressed like Lizzie McGuire. Because she kind of was. <laughs> she was. <laughs> but everybody else was dressed like Lizzie McGuire. So time. I mean, I think Lizzie like, McGuire had, it was over. But, like, it was the time for, like, weird, ugly clothes. <laughs> like, every, like, she was dressed like everybody else they showed in the scene. But somebody made a comment that she was dressed like a Cabbage Patch kid or something. And yeah, I'm like, like, go back to the Cabbage Patch. And I thought it was a weak-ass um, insult. But apparently it hit Tracy real fucking hard. <laughs> Yeah, she went home, threw her little Paul Frank socks in the trash, and demanded a new wardrobe. Mm-hmm. And that was something that kind of brought me back to middle school. Like, oh gosh, yeah, everything that everybody wore was ugly. Like, I remember. Well, I was a fat kid, so I couldn't live that low rise jean life. But I did have like jeans that like strapped up with like cords to button, and then you got like a belt attached to the jean and everything is mud <laughs> and lei and then like i was like oh, oh my god this is mud. <laughs> everything i had was like flared i wore like flared yes jeans. i don't know why but i thought that was like the coolest thing ever um i was also like a baggy shirt wearer though so like none of my clothes made any sense um for the for the entirety of junior high and high school. Like, I dress like trash. I hate looking at those pictures. Bruh. I used to wear, like, 
Nautica t-shirts and like Tommy t-shirts, polo t-shirts and jeans and like Adidas. And I'm like, oh, I look terrible. Adidas was like the big Adidas was like the big thing, like the shell top ones. Yes. Those are the ones I never got to like my mom never bought me a pair, even though I asked for them like for like two years straight for like Christmas (laughs) or whatever. But like everybody I knew had them in like multiple like the stripes and like multiple colors and I was the only person I knew who didn't have them. My mom would fucking buy me just shoes that I didn't want (laughs) all the time. There was no convincing her. There was no convincing her ever. <laughs> so in this moment, I feel for Tracy. I yeah, like, but that's that says something about Mel. Like, she comes in and sees Tracy's like throwing her stuff away, and Tracy start complaining about the clothes that she has. So a Mel's immediate reaction is to, "We gotta find my daughter something new to wear." So she goes out. Probably buys a whole wardrobe from a bootlegger in a van, but it's enough to make Tracy feel better the next day at school because she's dressed kind of like Evie. It's not quite there yet. Didn't she go to that van? Didn't they go to like a van, right? Like a beach side? Yeah. So that's, that's the other thing. I was like, there, I mean, I don't know how things work in California, (laughs) but like, I, they didn't take her to a mall. So that's why I also assumed that they were kind of on the poor side because she's like a single mom. So at least she, I mean, she did what she could, which was, you know, appease her daughter, um, s- sudden interest in new fashions. But I mean, they she bought a couple things for like, it looked like $5.50. So I feel like she got her money's worth. It was enough to make her fit yeah. in. And so, like, from there, like, she goes to school the next day and she tries to kind of move into Evie's circle and she gets dissed initially. And Evie says, okay, you could give me a call after school and we can hang out on Melrose. Oh, my God. So, Did you see the little paper, the pen and pad? <laughs> she yes. I was like, oh, Jesus. I yes, remember those the, days. The gel pens, bruh. The gel pens brought me back. I had a gel pen in every color. Like, like I, love I was, those. I was talking to some youths yesterday that <laughs> didn't live the gel pen life, and I was like, "Yeah, I used to have gel pens in every color, and I had like a white one, and I would write like secret notes to my friends with the white <laughs> one. Then you had to hold it up to the light and read it. It was so cool." And they were like, uh, we just text each other. And I was yeah. like, I am a 4,000 years old. So sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I know. They're probably like a pen and paper. Why would you do that? <laughs> That's based like gel pens. I best bet I sounded like I was just like cobbling things into stone to give to my friends. I felt really old in that moment. They were like. <laughs> We had MySpace when I was in kindergarten. I was like, okay. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's that's hard for me to hear. (laughs) Yeah, it put my life into perspective. (laughs) I'm sorry. I just feel real old. But anyway. (laughs) Yeah. So So she kind of got, like, dissed again by Evie because she called – Evie, but the phone was disconnected. So this kind of gives you um, a little insight into Evie's home life, which I felt like 
that's an element that was overall missing in the movie. Like we learned a little bit about her home life through what she revealed to Tracy over mm-hmm. the course of their friendship. But it it honestly wasn't enough there to make Evie a three-dimensional character. She was still a little flat, but like I felt like if they had maybe like 20 more dollars, that maybe they could have spent a little bit more time with Evie and see what she is actually about. Not um, $20. So oh like, <laughs> I mean, I feel like they can make that work with their budget. I see. Okay, like, so I thought that the phone number was fake. Like she hmm. gave her a fake it number. It probably was. Because that's a kind of extra cruel. Because like, instead of just telling the girl, like, girl, who cares about you and your little low budget clothes? Then she could have, you know, just easily kind of like brushed her aside. But she gave her a number and then... And then kind of like, was like, oh, yeah, meet us. And not really. It's kind of like the Regina George kind of thing. Like, oh, my God, that sweater is like, what is like, her, your skirt's so great. Where'd you get it? <laughs> kind of uh, like that. But I'm not sure. I mean, I almost could be either one because I think Evie, if Evie was our narrator, we'd be fucked because I think she's a, like, she'd be the worst narrator she'd be the most unreliable narrator because a lot of times she would say things i'm like i don't think i believe this girl it they probably were lies um but like evie is basically i feel like this movie may not have been based on nikki reed's actual life more so nikki reed watching degrassi and seeing manny santos and being like Oh, okay. So we can make Manny into this movie because this is mm-hmm. like Degrassi. But they all, like, after school, they hang out on Melrose. And after the phone number doesn't work, Tracy gets on a bus and goes down there. Now, that is brave that because is. if I called and nobody answered, I just would have cried. I'm like, I don't know. I think that's what I would have done too. And just let it alone. Yeah, there's no way you would have caught me like going on a bus to go look for these people who clearly don't like me. <laughs> because I remember uh, I had a, um, there was a girl in sixth grade, I remember, who just did not like me for whatever reason. And I tried so hard because I was nice. Like I wasn't, you know, you know, cranky like I am now. My slowly getting older age (laughs) I was like a genuine like I wanted to make friends and I wanted to be social and that kind of thing and she just did not like me like at all and eventually I just kind of like gave up and it it took like a long time it actually took something like kind of shitty happening to to her to make her like be friendly to me which kind of sucked but I didn't do yeah I didn't do anything to this girl she just like like hated me and like other people hated me because she hated me. And so I was kind of like, this is this is a oh. shitty kind of existence. Because I would definitely oh. not go and hang out with her. I would not. No, like, I wouldn't either. But this is always, like, interesting for me to watch. Like, when I was in middle school, it was a time where I already, like, had my personality, like, set most because middle school is a time where people kind of try on different personality traits to see, you know, who they are. Like, this is the time in your life and 
your development as a person where you kind of like try on different things to see where your morals, your values, what your likes mm-hmm. and dislikes are. And I feel like 13 was successful in showing that part of growing up yeah. for Tracy. But for me, like, if somebody didn't like me, bruh, they just didn't like me. It was a yeah. strong possibility I didn't like them either. And I felt like I never, and I haven't ever, like, bent over backwards to try to make people like me or try to make people my friend. I'm like, bruh, I'm like, this is me. You like it, you don't. It ain't going to hurt me. I'll just keep it moving. So it's always kind of interesting for me to see like things like this and see how, you know, it turns out for these people or yeah. these characters. I remember like that same thing happening with like another girl who actually like I considered to be a friend. Like she was kind of she would just do weird things. I think she was just trying to show out for like other people in our in our class and she, like, the first time mm-hmm. she did it, because she did this thing twice. It's so stupid. It's something clearly, like, a child would care about. <laughs> so this is why I'm not going to get into too much detail. But, like, she was, she called me, like, childish for being mad about this. And then she, like, we're, we're like, 12, okay? We're 12. <laughs> so, like, um, <laughs> and I was, like, you know, I was, like, bending over backwards trying to be, like, I don't know what I did, but I'm sorry. Like, trying to apologize for it. And then, um, like, other people, like, she told other people about this. And then, like, and then they were like, oh, I heard what you did. Again, sixth grade, a mess. And so, um, mm-hmm. so I think she eventually was like, okay, fine, whatever. And so the same thing happened, like, maybe, like, a week or two later. And I was like, oh, no, 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 fuck this. <laughs> like, I was like, well, fine, fine. I'll be childish. I'll be that. I'll, whatever. And I just left it alone. I didn't bother because we kind of would move. Um, our class would move um, rooms for like science and math or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so um, in science, I just ignored her. I was like, all right, whatever. Let me learn about this bullshit. <laughs> and then, and then, like, by like math class, she was like trying to get my attention and stuff. She sent me a note and was like, "I'm sorry." And I was like, "Oh yeah, okay, whatever. We'll be friends again." And that that has been like my entire like that shaped me as a person. I think for like the next like twenty <laughs> almost twenty years now. I guess like <laughs> like I, I refuse. <laughs> It's kind of like a fatal flaw now because, like, it takes a lot sometimes for me to say sorry because I'm not, like, I'm not apologizing. I fucking meant it. I don't care if it was an asshole move. I meant that <laughs> shit. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, me Dan, if I sit there and beg somebody to be friends with me ever again. And I, I fucking have it. <laughs> uh, see? That was an important part and of your development. Exactly. As like a if person. I was Tracy, like this shit would have never happened because I wouldn't have bothered. Exactly. Me too. I'd just be hanging out with Vanessa exactly. Hudgens all day. <laughs> so, like, when Tracy gets to Melrose, she finds Evie and her friend. I have no idea what her name is because she's not really a character. I think her name is um, Astrid. They're in a store. I'm pretty sure her name is Astrid. I'm not sure. But we'll call her Astrid. Okay, that works for me. So Evie and Astrid. I hereby name you Astrid. <laughs> they're hanging out <laughs> in the store and 
Tracy's down there and she's like, hey guys. And they were like, what yeah. are you doing here? So they kind of clowned her a little bit for actually showing up. And she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm here, but I only have $10. And then they laugh at her again. And then she's like, oh. And so they like go off, do their thing. And she's like embarrassed. Mm-hmm. So she leaves. And then this is kind of something that is wild already. Um, so they're on Melrose. And Tracy's sitting like across the street from the shop. Which is that called Red in. Balls, by the way. And it's a the woman. Shop called Red Ball. Yeah, it's called I Red Balls. Yeah, I on the thing. I'm pretty sure it's called Red Balls. I think it was kind of like a Spencer's kind of thing. Remember Spencer's? That's it. Yeah. Yes. I think it was something like that. Yes. I'm almost positive. <laughs> it's called Red Balls. <laughs> Why? Well, I don't know. So, like, they're like actually shoplifted in the store. Like, they're just like, yeah, I'm going to steal this lighter and these draws and all this other stuff. But Tracy isn't down with that at first. But when she goes out, she sits on a bench. A very, like, busy businesswoman sits down with all of her bags. And she has a Gucci purse. And she puts her purse down. And she's on her cell phone talking. And Tracy... Still, that lady's wallet too, and I'm like, (laughs) and that lady didn't see her. Like the wallet was the size of like a notebook, and that was like a red flag. Like literally, you were in Evie's presence for like two seconds, and all of a sudden, you shot you like you. Yeah, and I also thought it was kind of interesting before she goes down to um to the uh to melrose she actually steals one of her mother's cigarettes i'm pretty sure that was her mother's cigarettes because her mother smokes but she doesn't she hides it from her kids she like will smoke and like hide the butts or whatever and so i saw her stealing and i was like oh, oh okay. yeah and the she, yeah she's of course she's a terrible smoker because again she's like 13 <laughs> so <laughs> she doesn't actually know what she's doing but i think i like you kind of see little hints of like tracy's sort of darker nature, I guess, is the way I would put it. Um, mm-hmm. But that wallet was gigantic. I thought it was like a folder at first. I was like, what is in there? I was like, he's, he's taking things to take it? It was an enormous wallet. And, like, in the wallet, it has, like, $800 or something. It has a substantial amount of money. And they go and they start buying stuff. And I'm like, bruh, she got that lady's credit card. She could go to jail. This is, she this took is jail all time. But then did you notice where they went to, to, <laughs> to shop, though? Where? They went to Skechers. They went to a Skechers store. <laughs> <laughs> they went and bought so many ugly pairs of shoes. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, like the ones with the like platform soles. Oh, my God. Ashley, oh, I think yeah. I had those. Like... <laughs> I think I had some skirts. What are the ones with like the black? They're like the black kind of flip floppy ones, but they're like the one band, like the elastic band across it. Everybody had those shoes. I think I might have. I did not have those shoes. That's again. Oh my God, this is embarrassing. Because my mom, my mom is my mom. So, (laughs) but I did not have those shoes. So is this the first like time where, Evie and Tracy are hanging out and they go somewhere with like a bunch of like kids. Um, well, they. And Evie's selling drugs or something? Well, well, we skipped some parts. So, like, she goes home and she brags about 
um, hanging out with Evie to Mason. She's like, who's the hottest girl in school? Oh. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, Evie Zamora. She's like, well, guess who I hung out with? He was like, yeah, right. Like, he does not believe her. And she's mad that he doesn't believe her. Because <laughs> I guess it kind of shows, like, she's obviously not in the same orbit as Evie to even be, like, knowing who she is. Or Evie knowing even knowing who she is. But we also see uh, Melanie has someone, her mother, Melanie, has someone coming over for dinner. And it turns out to be Jeremy Sisto. Big daddy Sisto. <laughs> Bruh, I love him Jeremy, so much. Jeremy Sisto is. He was on, he was on Six Feet Under and he was also um, Elton on Clueless. He was the one who was always like, I, he would ask the question in class. And like, uh, I gotta go and get my, I gotta go to the bathroom. <laughs> I don't get my CD from the and quad. Rolling with the homies. Yes. Yes, rolling with the homies yes, himself. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, this is a part where I felt bad because, like, the way he's introduced into the story, like, he is her mother's boyfriend, yeah. ex-boyfriend, and so Tracy is pissed that he's there. She was like, how was your time at the halfway Girl. house? I was like, whoop, the halfway house? <laughs> and he was no, like, right? it was, uh, <laughs> he, uh, it was, uh, it was, it was a uh, halfway like house. A, and she was like, I don't know. It was like a the last way. And I was like, well, shit, okay. So they clearly don't like each other. And, <laughs> <laughs> and she's like so mad that he's even in the house, which honestly, honestly, she does have a point because later, like a few scenes later, it's a flashback on why he was in the halfway house. He was like in the kitchen smoking crack in his drawers. And I felt so bad. I, I couldn't tell. He just had like a homemade like pipe out of a beer can. I feel like it it was crack because <laughs> first, like it you don't look like that when you smoke weed, but like he was smoking crack. Because he was like, I guess he was having some kind of heart issue because he kind of like was smoking. Then he like, uh, uh, fell out. And then later on, later on, Tracy mentioned something about him being a cocaine. Oh, yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah. And her mom is kind of like, well, I think Tracy kind of like walks in on them. Right? Like when they're in the bathroom, he kind of falls out. So she sees all this, which would be traumatic for probably Mm -hmm. anybody. Um, and her mother is there. Mm-hmm. She's like, okay, go back to bed, go back to bed. So they, I'm pretty sure they have not discussed this um, in detail. And that's probably, a, again, contributing to a lot of the reasons why uh, Tracy kind of starts acting out the way she does. I think so, too. Um, but yeah, so after that, I think Tracy starts wearing her her cute clothes at school. She starts immediately ignoring her old friends, which is like kind of nuts. Um, and she introduces her mom to Evie. <laughs> and Evie says her mom is like the hot big sister. Like Evie always showers her mom with like all these compliments and stuff, which get kind of weird. <laughs> I feel like Evie... I feel like if this movie was to keep going, it would be kind of like a single white female mm, situation yeah. a little bit. Where she like takes over Tracy's life. Yeah, or like a good son where Evie's Macaulay Culkin, Tracy is Elijah Wood, <laughs> except for 
Evie would probably like push Tracy off. Oh the yeah, no, though. Tracy didn't stand a chance if uh, if Evie's Macaulay Culkin. Mm hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think we go to Melrose, right? And she calls. Yeah, Again. but um, this time Melanie tries to be like a mom and is like, I should talk to Evie's mom and see if this is okay. And Evie says, Brooke is just my guardian. Which kind of makes... She's yeah. my cousin. Oh, yeah, her cousin, right? Is her cousin or her guardian? Both. Yeah, so she's like, that's not my mom, basically. And um, Tracy's like, Mom, please don't embarrass me on the best day of my life. Which Tracy is taking this to like... <laughs> she is a very, very... Um, very excited about this outing and she's taking it like super seriously um and doesn't want her mom to come shopping with them either which is the first like kind of sign that she's kind of like kind of shoving her mom out of her um Mm -hmm. out of her life a little bit yeah yeah and her mom calls brooke and basically says which is so messed up and so telling that evie is not to be on melrose unsupervised so, Evie basically is a terror <laughs> all along Melrose. And it at this point, it kind of seems like Evie is right. Ra- well, she is. She's raising herself um, because it's hard to get in touch with Brooke. Evie, it looks like Evie leaves home and spends like significant time away from where she's supposed mm-hmm. to be like and i wonder like prior to tracy who was like who was pre tracy because i doubt that tracy is the first friend that evie has had like this yeah i mean maybe it was, was it? astrid but like to a lesser degree like because what like evie's relationship with tracy becomes like intense like really fast so i don't know um if she's just sort of like friendly with Astrid, because Astrid's kind of, I think Astrid's already kind of like, you know, bad girl, quote unquote, where Tracy is mostly, um, I guess you kind of see the transformation happening. So I don't know if something like this has happened before or were they already kind of on the same level of wild. I don't know. They don't really get into it. And see, for an extra $20, we could have gotten into it. And it would have been a bear to movie. <laughs> um, oh, and, the, and did you see like in the in the store that they're in? They're like in some. I think maybe they went to Red Balls or somewhere else, and the shirts say "I heart cock" on them, <laughs> which I hate. And Mel turned it I all over. I hate that word. <laughs> I don't blame her. I hate that word. It makes me feel so disgusting. I oh my god. It is one of the worst. I was right? just laughing. It's one of the worst. Is it like moist? It's, I don't even feel moist. like moist is bad. I know some people like hate it, but like that one has not really ever bothered me. But like there's certain words that just kind of feel gross and I don't. That is one of the ones. <laughs> but every time I'm like, ooh, do we have to use that word? <laughs> it's such a... It's, there's so many words we could use in place of that. It's so gross. And I think at this point, too, Tracy asked her mom to buy her, like, some $75 jeans. And Mel's like, no. Nah. 
And Tracy gets so mad. Like, I know. <laughs> and I'm like, of course you're not getting those $75 jeans. Not when you get your jeans from the local van at the beach. <laughs> I'm not. I think it it was more so like you said we couldn't get it in front of Evie. Like, oh yeah, she don't Evie want to look ain't nobody, Evie. girl. Evie ain't I got know, no money. Evie was like, like, oh my god, I these are only twenty dollars. And I, honestly, if Mel wasn't there, them them jeans would have been in their purses, and they would have ran out of exactly. There. So she's just trying to put on <laughs> so, a for Evie, is, which is kind of silly um, if you really think about it. Because I mean. Y'all both could have, I mean, y'all still got the ladies' money, right? <laughs> exactly. I know y'all didn't spend like $800 in one afternoon at Skechers because Especially you shouldn't at the have. store. Like, come on. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> so, this is the afternoon where she comes home with Evie and kind of like stunts in front of her brother. And like, yeah, we're going to the park. And that's when we find out, like, Evie is 12 and selling mm-hmm. drugs. And they all, I don't understand this scene. Like, they all get high. Yeah. Um, I think later on, they, like, like I think Tracy says, or no, Evie says, oh, Tracy dropped acid um, at the park today. <laughs> like, she's kind of sing-songing or whatever, because Tracy's, like, hot. she's asking, like, how long does this last and that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Okay, that makes more sense. Because I was like, wait, none of this would equal this kind of reaction. Mm-hmm. But okay. So, like, they're playing in a park with um, random black dudes, which I'm going to have to yeah. talk about in Let's a minute. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about it. <laughs> so, while watching this movie, I felt like nobody, Catherine and Nikki never met any black folks in their life. Um, like it it was very annoying the way like it's all black teens and ethnic teens that are really into Tracy and Evie and they aren't all painted in the best mm-hmm. light and they all are rappers that make trash music. <laughs> And I was offended by how trash their bars were. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I noticed really dude. early, like every guy that they kind of, not every guy, because there's one guy that they do come on to or they do kind of get involved with and he's white. But most of the guys <laughs> that they do like sort of kind of like flirt with or like kind of do drugs with and hang out with or whatever are black. Which is kind of weird. It's like that thing that white girls will do where they'll go and find like the worst, their father's worst nightmare, which is like hanging out with a black yes. guy. And they'll do that and they'll kind of do that to get their whole sort of like rebellious streak or whatever. They'll like act out in that way. Just like go like, let me go date a black guy or whatever. Um, and there's some movie, I think like, Anne Hathaway's in a movie like that where she's in, I think it's called Havoc. She's in some movie where she kind of like starts hanging out in like an East LA and she's like some rich white girl. She sings out in East LA with all these like, like Latino drug dealers and stuff. I think that is Havoc. I know it's something like wild like that, but 
when I was watching this, I was like, bruh, Tracy definitely grew up to be one of those white girls with black kids that believe interracial relationships could end racism and always post yeah. like quotes like that on Facebook all day. Because <laughs> later on in the movie, she says something like she's hooked, she hooks up with like a rant. Was it when she hooks up with Javi? Yeah. Who is a trash rapper. I hate Javi so much. His bars are so <laughs> whack and I hate him. But he, she hooks up with him and like afterward they do drugs and they're like, you know, if everybody married like people of different races, like we be no wouldn't have prejudice and everybody would love each other. And I was like, if y'all don't shut y'all 13 at <laughs> your asses up, bruh. Like, I, I was like, bruh, it oh my God. It was very much like a, like a real dumb, but also reminds me of like every like terrible party full of white people that I would be at because I was an art student and all the people were, were <laughs> everybody was white. Besides from my friends, I somehow found all the ethnic people in our entire, <laughs> our entire year that we clung together. Um, but all the people were like, oh yeah, you know, I just don't get, like, I just love everybody. And I just want, I'm like, oh God, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> Not, none of what you're saying. <laughs> it's as deep as you think it, it is. Will help. It's like a bunch of fake deep white people. That's exact. Like this movie had quite a few of those yeah. <laughs> moments. But like, like after this, this is kind of, I feel like the middle portion of the movie kind of like escalates rather quickly. Mm-hmm. Like after like, Evie hangs out with Tracy at the park. The next scene is like them walking arm in arm, like they're in fucking Jawbreaker in like one of the corridors. Like everybody's so popular, look at me. And then you see Tracy coming into class late, and she's like, "Oh, yeah, I'm late because I had to go to the bathroom." And everybody's like, <gasps> and her friends are like, "Oh my god, oh, yeah, she what is happening?" And stuff. Oh, but wait. We missed uh, Tracy's. Well, we see the first time Tracy does like serious, like self harm to herself. But oh, later- oh, that was after Homeboy came home and um, what's his name? A uh, Big Daddy Sisto came mm-hmm. home, and she go like she's a cutter, yeah. so she has it. She has her kit. And she goes into the bathroom and, and cuts. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I found a little weird about the self-harm scenes from it's like she it was it was a secret thing that she did, but all the evidence of her doing it wasn't hidden mm-hmm. away. Like her kit is in the bathroom where pretty much anybody could open a drawer and find it and yeah yeah it seems like no one addresses that until a little later on in the movie yeah like way later yeah because I don't think her mom either her mom doesn't know or her mom sort of hasn't processed that this is happening I think her mom doesn't know but again it kind of goes back to like her mom's kind of not all the way there with the parenting thing. Which, I mean, for a lot of parents, I don't think they sort of... I mean, you don't really assume that your kid is 
in the bathroom cutting. Like, that's not the first thing you would assume. So, like, I don't put blame on her mom because lots of uh, lots of parents, like, that's probably the last thing I would think of if I was a parent. Like, oh, yeah, my daughter's cutting. But um, she doesn't really recognize, like, the signs. Or she does, she's not proactive enough in kind of putting a serious, like, stop to them, you know? Kind of like with the poem from earlier. It's always, like, kind of, like, backseat because there are other things going on in their household with all the people that aren't even in their family. In yeah. Their- yeah, there's a ton of people um, that come in and out of their lives. And it just adds to the craziness. Like, I feel like they cut down, like, most of the people that were coming in and out of the house. Like, her mom would be able to focus on actually, like, parenting her kids. But I think also, like, it comes back to, like, she's trying to provide for them, too. So it's, like, how many different ways can she split herself into where she can, like, watch her kids, but also feed her kids, but also take care of herself because she's got to manage all of that. And she doesn't have anybody to help because her dad's a fucking deadbeat. (laughs) So. A a businessman deadbeat. A businessman deadbeat. You're rich and you're trash and you don't send child support (laughs) Mm -hmm. and so yeah um i also i also noted that they had the part where they peed outside (laughs) because the i was like wait what there was somebody in the bathroom there's like i think there's like only one bathroom in their house or whatever and they went outside and then like evie was like flashing the brother yeah she definitely flashed her boobs and i was like oh bruh yeah bruh bruh but um yeah um so i guess after so from here, everything gets, it's all kind of like similar scenes over and over again. Yeah. Like you see Tracy get her tongue pierced, like at a, a tattoo place and the dude, um, Evie's trying to convince the dude that Tracy is eight, 18, even though she looks 12 she and the dude pierces her tongue anyway. So they hide it from her mom. Oh, and he was so gross. They, Remember? Yes. Like I only put it in when I need to, and he does like this weird, like Tony Montana, like tongue flicking thing. Yeah. Oh, not that Tony didn't do that, but his friend in the movie, whatever. But he does like this weird sort of like tongue thing, and I'm like, oh, dude, why? They're fucking. You know, they're not eighteen. Number one, they're baby. Yeah, and even if they were eighteen, like, can you keep your tongue in your mouth? (laughs) Like, that isn't professional at all. For a man with your line of work, that's not professional behavior. No. But <laughs> and also it's so weird too. Evie like smoked indoors, which I also noticed because I always like am so baffled, even though I live through this era of people smoking in buildings all over the place. I was just so confused. I was like, I was like, Oh yeah, you could do that. That's so wild. I had that moment. Earlier, I was experiencing Jay and Silent Bob. Like, I was in a room where it was on, and they were smoking <laughs> in a restaurant. And I was like, huh, yeah, people could could do that back in the day. Yeah. I forgot that there was, like, a smoking and non-smoking section at restaurants. I know. That's weird. I remember the, I remember the first time I went to a restaurant. Well, not the first time, but, like, one time I went to a restaurant, and I was, like, I told her, like, oh, yeah, non-smoking. And she's like, oh, yeah, we don't have smoking in here anymore. And I was like, oh excuse the fuck out of me (laughs) my bad (laughs) didn't realize evie also kind of later on that evening or a couple days later convinces 
uh, Tracy to let her pierce her navel. Mm, so you yeah. got a 13-year-old piercing another 13-year-old's navel at home. And I was like, whoa, this is worse than that episode of Full House where, what is it? Gia pierces Stephanie's ears and she gets this the ear infection exactly and her ears fall off. Up. Didn't they do it, like, in the bathroom at school? Like, the girl brings a gun, like, the piercing gun or something? Yes. I remember that episode. I don't know. I always thought about it because I always was, like, freaked out because I didn't – I got my ears pierced when I was a baby, so I don't, like, remember, like, the first time. And so I didn't know at the time, like, how they did it. And so I was like, wait, she brought a gun. Why she bring a gun? (laughs) And then they're like, God, pierce my ears. And I – that always, like, stuck with me because I was like, why do – why is that like a thing? I guess for people who like their parents are like, no, you're not going to get your ears pierced because I know plenty of girls who got their ears pierced and they're like babies. But like, I know a lot of people who didn't. And so it was always like a big deal. Of course, getting your ears pierced and getting your belly button pierced are like two different things completely. But I always thought it was weird. Like that was, I, I do a lot of DIY home stuff, but I think piercing any part of my body is for professionals. My personal yeah. opinion. <laughs> I not do it. another thirteen year old. Not another thirteen year old at all. I know that could have ended so badly, <laughs> bruh. Like I thought she was gonna. I thought it, I honestly for a minute thought it was gonna be like an episode of Full House, and she was gonna get like an infection, and then Danny Tanner was gonna come talk to her and be a dad, and I was like, oh, they yeah. can save Tracy, <laughs> but like. From, like, more things happen with Evie and Tracy. Like, they go out, do drugs, hook up with black folks, um, come home. (laughs) And Mel is really concerned about what's going on with Tracy, but she hasn't figured out how she can really talk to her daughter about it. Yeah, because she tries to, like, there's a couple times where she kind of tries to relate to them. In like, um, kind of like showing off her nail polish, and she, what she says, she's like, "You're not the only J Lo in the house, or whatever." And I was like, "Oh my god, oh my god, no, please don't do that ever again." <laughs> but also, like, it's crazy because Evie says things, not Evie. Oh well, Evie and Tracy both, and they kind of say things that kind of like hint to like larger issues. Like I wrote down that uh, Evie said that if you drink. 10 glasses of ice water, it burns 300 calories. And I was like, first of all, why are you worried about burning 300 calories? Like, that's not, yeah. you're, you're a baby. Like, <laughs> so I was like, oh no, eating issues. Oh no, which is another trigger, I guess, which isn't as, as yes. prominent in the movie, but it, it suggested that, um, that I think Tracy doesn't eat as much. She basically stops eating as much. Or at all? Yeah. That was, yeah, that was something for extra $20. Could have talked about more. But, like, when um, Mel cooks dinner, Tracy's like, I'm not hungry. I already ate. And she's like, you haven't eaten in a couple of days. You can't tell me what to eat. You're, you, I'm a, my own person. You can't make me eat. And I was like, so we got this going on, too? Yeah. Okay. Um, And... They kind of, like, keep doing things, like, and Mel tries to make it a little better. Um, I feel like 
the big turning point in the movie though is the day that they have a family movie night yeah and mel is trying mel doesn't really i feel bad for mason because mason's not involved with any of this um, they have a family movie night and she doesn't even check her own son. Yeah, they um, didn't. They, she took like Tracy and her friends. I think Astrid, I thought Astrid was there, but then I realized that maybe she wasn't because they kind of, they do sort of like a, a weird, like, oh, you go to this movie and we'll go to this movie. And then they ditch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is, <laughs> they're like a fake Jack Black movie and like some other movie, like a war movie. <laughs> the life of Ezekiel Balls. Starring Jack Black. Like, I was like, this looks so, so cheap. And y'all were allowed to put Jack Black's picture in this movie? That was interesting thing is this where, I wonder if she, like, knows him or something. Is this where the million dollars went into, like, this one picture of Jack Black? <laughs> that was just weird for me for this fake movie. So while Mel and um, Jeremy Sisto are in the movie... Tracy and Evie are out on Melrose walking down, like coming across uh, people doing shitty rapping and dancing in the streets. They meet Riff Raff <laughs> and Riff Raff offer Tracy some lean or something he call his voodoo juice. Well, also too, so like, um, so Evie, they find Javi, which is the boy that kind of... Um, Tra- or yeah, Tracy kind of, I guess, he pays attention to Tracy. So Tracy decides to have a crush on him, I guess. And by this time, they've like already like had sex or whatever, I think. Or no, no, no. I haven't done the... Uh, yeah, they already have done have sex, I think. But I think Evie says, hey, Tracy, why don't you go get us some sodas? And like send Oh, her and this, this is a Manny Santos moment. Yeah. So Tracy is in the store. She's bent over flirting with the um, the cashier dude. And two guys walk past. And they're like, yeah, look at her ass, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And one of the dudes, like, cat, like, say, hey, baby, you got something, something. Like, cat calls her. And she turns around. And it's her brother. Her brother, yeah, yeah, her brothers and her Uh, friends, or his friends, they didn't realize. Which her hair, you know how? Remember how Christina Aguilera's hair when she had the stripped era with those like weird. Oh, when she had those white girl dreads. Yeah, that's kind of how Tracy's hair kind of looked. Like it was very. Yeah, I don't know what what kind of clipped on clip in extensions from Claire she got, but like they were, it was a lot of. A lot of hair. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was like, are those dreadlocks or are, like, is that a clip on? <laughs> kind of looked like it. Like it was, it was terrible. It was early 2000s terribleness. Yeah. But from there, Tracy loses Evie. We kind of find out that it's implied that Evie hooks up with Javi behind Tracy's back and Riff Raff. Like, this was a part of the movie that I was a little apprehensive about because this could have gone, took another ale into a very, very dark place. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that it kind of stayed where it was because I was very concerned that Tracy was walking around first that she drank a drink from a stranger 
Second, that she was being led through the streets while drugged by a stranger. Mm-hmm. And I was like so concerned for this fictional character's safety. Like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, please don't let this get any worse than what it is right now. Please just keep these kids safe, Lord. Keep them yeah. safe. Yeah. Yeah. Cause at first I didn't even realize like what she tried. And then like you can kind of see like the, the picture kind of gets more uh I don't know kind of what's that kind of like warping you know they look very like sort of like when you're kind of dizzy kind of almost Mm -hmm. um so yeah she's um I don't know who the hell was that guy they just she kind of just found this guy yeah riffraff he 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 was a white dude that hung out with black dudes (laughs) and was like head up Tracy and I was like oh yeah. All right. Okay. Ugh. So, <laughs> so, um, so yeah. Um, and the thing about Evie and Javi, um, was that I think Tracy kind of always kind of felt that there was something with them, right? Like, yeah, she kept asking about or was it. it, or did it start here? I feel like it started a little before here, yeah. But it definitely came up here because she was like, "What were you guys doing?" And she yeah, was like, they were like, "We weren't the- doing." Anything. Yeah, because what are you and a boy doing in the changing room of a store? <laughs> yeah. What else would you like- be doing together in the changing room of a store? He he spilled coke on his jeans, so I was helping him, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, Tracy girl." Don't fall for this, girl. I know. I was like, come on. Come on, Tracy. You don't have to do that. Especially when she disappeared, like, left you there. Um, so they go back home, and Mason's kind of like, I'm going to tell mom about you, <laughs> basically. And Tracy's kind of like, well, you smoke weed and do all this other stuff. And so they ba- they started, like, boxing with each other. <laughs> like, yeah. They it was stopping. a very violent yeah, they start scrapping and Melanie and Tracy start getting into it. Oh, because Tr- Melanie asks, has Tracy eaten today? Because I think Tracy's go kind of like weak either from the lean or from not eating. And Tracy, from both. Yeah, and Melanie's like, well, have you eaten today? And Tracy like loses her shit about it. Like, why are you always asking me this question and this kind of thing? And Melanie like ends up like ripping up her kitchen floor, like her cheap linoleum floor. <laughs> Which, I mean, I have been there when I just wanted to take the nearest thing and shred it because <laughs> I just don't know what to do with my hands. So you grab like the first thing. Sometimes it's my phone where I just like chunk it into the wall. That's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. But like when people do this in movies, I'm always like, bro, this is your house. Like yeah. you're going to have to clean this up afterward. You do this kind of stuff at other folks' house where they have to deal with it. But she's like, like ripping apart like cereal boxes like Incredible Hulk and yeah, ripping she, up her floor and Jeremy yeah poor Jeremy Cecile is like uh calm down <laughs> he walks in the room like uh uh, uh you okay and she's yeah. like uh, yeah yeah they're going through it and like he makes her get into the shower like after this just like clean herself off like i thought this is the part i was like oh you know brady's like a good person or whatever girl girl he was was gonna leave her while he was in the well she was in the shower he was gonna leave her because he he, was he was like this too much for me i'm about to relax i gotta go yeah (laughs) 
Yeah, he's basically like, all I want to do is get high right now. And I was like, oh, Jesus, your house is fucking tearing everybody apart. All this shit is leaving people that want to go and get high because it's two high stress situations. Um, so yeah, so Melanie's like, oh yeah, go see your sponsor. So he leaves and they're kind of like, Tracy and Evie see him while they're also doing like snorting drugs off like a yes. children's book. And they're like laughing. Yes. And then Tracy asks like, oh, are you, did you do anything with Javi? And Evie's like, no, I didn't do anything with him. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh goodness. I was like, girl, stop being lied to. But in this next scene, I really want to talk about because the girls have started speaking in code. Did you notice like that? Like the, they're the weird. Like, yeah. I was like, mm, I good. I Googled it. I actually Googled it. Like, it's like a thing. Like, there's multiple, like, languages that have been, like, actually, like, recorded, I guess, of, like, girls. Well, children kind of do the gibberish kind of thing. Um, well, sometimes they call it gibberish. Sometimes they call it, like, other names. But, like, mostly it's a girl thing. And I think it's, like, mm-hmm. they call it, like, a sense of, like, exclusivity, which obviously makes sense. Which also ties into something that I thought was kind of interesting, like, this kind of fact I saw, like, on Wikipedia or whatever, is that that both the girls were wearing mostly their own clothes when they were filming. But and as, then, like, filming both... co- progressed, they started dressing similarly without being told to. Yes. I read that, too. I was like, Interesting. Yeah, it's kind of like when you kind of like sync up with people that you hang out with a lot. <laughs> but it's like on another level because they're like, they're kind of, you know, starting to almost like meld into each other, like becoming like one solid person. person. Yeah, and it's kind of freaky to think of. But again, like they do like weird, like self harm kind of jokes because they joke about drinking bleach in this yes. scene. And Tracy's like, how much bleach could I drink before it kills me? And I'm like, oh, dear. Uh, Lord, somebody get her. <laughs> Some, somebody come collect this family. And then, like, we, right after. Did we, like, skip the part with Kit Pardue? Because we got to uh, talk about that. Y- yes, we did. We did. Uh, Let me scroll. Okay. Let me scroll. Oh, uh, okay. Um. Oh, this is after they have, so after Javier and Tracy have sex, because this is a big scene too. Like they call Javier over to the house. Um, they go to Evie's house, which is, yeah. I, um, because we also kind of skip where we met Brooke, her cousin slash guardian, who does not really pay attention to her. So you could just kind of see that Evie is really just out here without being supervised, really. Um, so they decide to go to Evie's house. Um, they put on some rap music. <laughs> I thought this part was funny because you were talking about how they, they had terrible bars. But the funny part is they were listening to like some sort of like, I think like soft rock music. And then both the boys <laughs> were like, what the fuck is this shit? And they turn on some rap music. <laughs> they start beatboxing, which, oh God, gross. Um, and they start making out with each other. And, like, Tracy's watching Evie to figure out, like, what she can do. Like, what is the next step? Like, oh, should she get in his lap? That kind of thing. But also part of it was, like, I was thinking, like, is Tracy jealous a little bit? Because she's watching Evie, like, a lot. <laughs> so. I, I I got that vibe, too. For yeah. For some reason. 
I got it too. Cause we also skipped the part when Tracy or no, Evie was like, she came in and while Evie or no, while Tracy was sleeping, Evie comes in and is like, Tracy, I love you. And like Evie doesn't hear or Tracy doesn't hear. I'm gonna see, I'm already confusing them. They're one see? person. <laughs> but yeah, after this, um, oh, and then they do the whole like, it's everybody from a different race. Um, <laughs> dated each other. Then in one generation there'd be no prejudice. And I was like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> And that was the weird thing, too, because you think she's talking to Javier, right? Like, she's kind of, you know, it's like that post-love-making scene where they kind of, like, stare at each other and talk and all that shit. And, but she's really talking to Evie this whole time. She is. Yeah. So I was like, again, there is, like, a level, like, this relationship has taken, like, a deep dive (laughs) that I wasn't really prepared for. But then... This is when they go to Luke's house, which is uh, the lifeguard that's, like, two doors down from her. Yes. And I think it's under the pretense of, like, selling him drugs. Or, no, they went to his house, like, hey, Luke, do you have beer? First of all, yeah, Luke lives in his parents' house because his parents moved away and left it to him. So I got the idea that Luke was at least 18 years old. And... That the first red yeah. flag was like you're gonna let two four two thirteen year olds come into your house because you're gonna give them bleak beer. Like Luke, what are you doing? Yeah, which is oh, so they immediately like it's almost like instantaneous. Like they kind of it's almost like those those videos like octopuses or octopi <laughs> or whatever when they like when they when they kind of like grab onto something. It, oh, yes. God. Yeah, it was kind of like that. Like, they basically, like, surround him. And, like, kind of – Evie is the instigator of this. And Tracy kind of follows along. And they're, like, dancing up on him. And he's kind of like, uh, you guys are jailbait. Like, please get off. <laughs> but then he gets into it. And yes. they, like, kind of push him on the sofa. And she, like, crawls on him, starts making out. And then she's like, come over here, Tracy. And Tracy comes. And she's kind of, like, you know, kind of timid or whatever. And they're all, like – I thought seriously, like this is the part where I was like, I'm so glad this isn't a female director, not a male director, because if it's a male director, this would have gone on to a point where I was like, okay, I have to turn this off. (laughs) I'm so glad that it did not because it would have gone to like full on sex scene. I'm sure of it. And I almost like it it already escalated to a point well past where it should have been, but at least. Yeah. Luke was like, hey, y'all got to get out of my house, bro. Y'all got to get out. Y'all got to get out. You got to get out. You got to well, get out. First he's, like, first he's like, oh, come over here. And then, like, so he wants both of them over there and, like, making out with them at the same time. And then somehow it, like, switches. And he's like, no, y'all got to go. And Evie gets so pissed. And she calls him a pervert. And I thought that she was going to, like, do something where she, like, accuses him of, like, trying to rape her or something. Like, in the street in front of everybody? Yeah. Yeah, because it's like they live like in like a busy like neighborhood where like, you know, there's kids playing and, you know, people outside mowing the grass and stuff. So I thought I was going to get to that point, but they kind of just kind of run over like they just run the house, like run back home, basically, which (laughs) was like, I'm not seeing. I was like, I don't even know why they did that other than just to do it, to be honest. They uh, Evie is an agent of chaos. That's what she does. Yeah, she just creates chaos everywhere she goes. Mm-hmm. That yes. that's her motive for just existing, just causing so much chaos. And I feel like 
this is yeah. a little prior to like them going over to Luke's house kind of brings adds a little more to Evie's backstory because like they're sitting in the front yard and Evie's like can you put some suntan lotion on my back and so Tracy goes to put it on her back and notice that she has like a scar from a burn and yeah this kind of ties into a big old scar in the back something that happened like earlier in the movie with Tracy's old friend saying yeah I heard that Evie like got her like was burned trying to save a kid from a burning building or something it's kind of like a little bit like that scene from Mean Girls which you kind of mentioned earlier where you're like Regina George once punched me in the face like it was kind of like I remember that. They were kind of like building a mythos around Evie, sort of similar to like Regina George. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I noted that too. It kind of reminded me of Mean Girls, but like in a way less funny way. Yeah. (laughs) And like, I feel like if we go back to the scene where they're kind of speaking their secret language, that is another Mm -hmm. scene where they kind of mentioned that um, Evie was abused by her like by Brooke it feels like Evie was neglected or left by her mother because she calls her mother a crack whore and then mm-hmm. I feel like it was another comment made where she um mentioned that her mom was dead or something or maybe I like misinterpreted or anyway her mother doesn't have custody and her father also yeah. doesn't have custody so she lives with Brooke her cousin um yeah I I kind of there were so many different like stories about her home life that I honestly could not keep them all straight so then I started to wonder like is she telling the truth or like what is what is truth and what is fiction here because Evie's such a fast talker that's kind of one of the ways she kind of worms her way into like uh Tracy and Melanie's home life is that she kind of always like is so ready with compliments for Mel and she's like, Oh yeah, you look great and blah blah. There's one point, remember do you remember that part when she like uh says I love you and kisses her yes, on the mouth? Yes. And Mel was like, bruh. Like you could see like what? Yeah. Like that look in her face. And I was yeah. like, what? Um Yeah, and that was like super early on, like um because Tracy's like, you know, stereotypical embarrassed of your mother kind of thing and Evie's kind of like you know again the octopus where they like (laughs) grab on (laughs) with all their legs yes and um um and her I think it's kind of it, it does show like her lack of boundaries with adults but then I don't know if that's that's something to do with her or is that something to do with the adults in her life with her you know like they also mentioned like her uncle or something too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Abuser. When she wants Melanie to adopt her. Yes. She mentioned that she mentions her uncle. Yeah, that her uncle abused her. And yeah. I feel like part if for a little bit longer, like part of the movie should have kind of gone into like more about Evie, because you kind of got the feeling that she honestly was just looking for love and acceptance from like a parental figure because she didn't really have Mm -hmm. a stable one in her life because Brooke is um, 
She yeah. like when you the few scenes that you see her, you see her when she's getting ready to go to work and she has on a wig and makeup. Then you learn that she is like um, an aspiring actress slash model, but unsuccessful because they like lights and phone get cut off all the time. And you kind of see like mm-hmm. how Evie is just looking for a place like she's looking for a home and I feel like she yeah. probably latches on to like the first person that shows her a little interest. Um, yeah. And that's a very interesting like character trait, which I felt like the movie at least tried to kind of explore it a little bit, even though it didn't do the best job of it. Yeah. I think both girls kind of, have like abandonment issues mm-hmm. um and especially tracy because like her dad i don't remember which scene her dad comes in i feel it was like right after the scene with um the movies and how evie wants to come live with them i think that was like right about that time yeah oh yeah and after her mom <laughs> after tracy yells no bra no panties uh, her mom. <laughs> no bra no pants, no bra. That no was in a princess Nokia song that I used to like called um, Versace Hottie. And that was at the beginning of the song. And I never knew what that was from. And then now I watch it, I'm like, why? Is that just like a random thing? Like, did she just, was that like a drug? And she was a, aggressively sort of- yelling, no bra, no pants, no bra. Like, I was like, whoa, this is intense. And like, this is. Honestly, this is the scene that I wanted you to watch. Like, this is why I suggested this movie. Right, the no problem. Yes, just for that scene, honestly, because it's oh it's something God. that I used to quote a lot. Look at we endured. <laughs> Look at we endured for. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So her dad. That's the thing. So. Her dad, oh, Mel tells Tracy's dad that she, that he needs to take her because she cannot handle it. Um, And this is after, too, after Mel has called her Uh sponsor um, and talked to, like, called that person crying, talking about, I don't know what to do. She, like, she's had these moments before, but this is, like, as worse as ever. So, like, she kind of realizes that, like, Tracy has these, like, moments of, like, I don't know, either depression or sort of like weird acting out um, episodes. Um, but this is kind of like at a whole nother level because now she has like somebody enabling mm-hmm. her to act out um, in the form of Evie. And um, so Mel calls Tracy's dad and he comes down, which I was like, I, I didn't think he was going to come um, because they kept, I think throughout the movie, they call him like, oh yeah, your dad's not gonna be able to take you, um, this weekend. Cause he's busy, blah, blah, blah. And he basically says, I can't take her. I'm busy with work. And he, um, kind of goes to like, I guess, talk with Tracy a little bit and his phone rings. Oh yeah. And he answers it. He answers it. And he's like, who person on the phone? He's like, not now. I'm with a client. I'm like, oh, you asshole. <laughs> like, holy shit. <laughs> like, you could easily tell your, like, coworker, your boss, whatever, like, I'm with my daughter. She's going through some stuff right now. If you really cared, you could say that. But you call her a client in front of her face. <laughs> I was like, no wonder. 
She's got abandonment that issues. That hurt my feelings, bro. Like, this is your daughter. And you're like, I'm with the client. And then you yeah. saw her face drop. And he was like, uh, oops, yeah. my bad. Like, you can see he's like, uh, I messed up. And he tries to yeah. smooth it over. She's like, nah, nah, nah. Mason tries to, like, confront him. Well, he does when he's leaving. Um, and her dad is like, what is the problem in a nutshell? And that part, like, completely, he was like, this is so much, like, what I find was wrong with, like, certain parents, um, especially men sometimes, because they don't really have the patience to sit down and be like, what is wrong? <laughs> and, like, hear their their children out sometimes. Mm-hmm. Not all dads, but this dad especially. Because I don't think you can just condense, like, a teenage girl's problems into like a little tiny digestible like 30 second pitch (laughs) like an elevator pitch which is what he wanted and I don't know like was he gonna like I don't know if he was expecting them to say oh yeah she got an F on her test or something like that or like oh no she's drugs you know dressing crazy and doing drugs and coming home drunk and she's got this girl and they are inseparable and there's some weird shit going on. Like, we don't know everything, but there's a lot going on and it's wrong. Cause like her her brother's like, she needs you. She is sick. Like something's wrong. <laughs> there's there's a problem here. But he just kind of just I don't even think he even attempts to sort of like understand or like go like he doesn't go back yeah. into the house to like talk he to Tracy leaves. anymore. Like he just kind of like Yeah, Mason's like, oh God, we can't deal with you. And like the dad leaves like I I think that is probably like Tracy's mom has a lot of flaws but you mm-hmm. can tell she cares she's just overwhelmed her dad might be overwhelmed no. but he doesn't try like at all and so he is my least favorite adult in you kind of get the feeling that he probably never was there and that's probably why they broke up oh yeah yeah he had to be because he doesn't no. even have the kids he he's an absentee dad. He's a deadbeat business dad. And so like at, <laughs> deadbeat at this dad. particular point in the movie, this is kind of when everything comes crashing down. Like after Evie asked to live with them, Mel says, no, why you put me on front street with this little girl, Tracy? Yeah. And Tracy's like, because you're a great mom. Bye. And they go to school. So after that day, um, Tracy, um, I feel like this is the time that Mel picks up Tracy and Evie and takes Evie back to her house. It's like, bruh, you got to take your kid. So Mel has been trying to contact Brooke. And before she takes her back to the house, um, she's actually considering it. She's actually considering letting Evie stay because I think she finds like a newspaper clip about Evie's uncle getting like seven years in prison mm. for something. I can't remember. I don't remember the whole headline or if they mm-hmm. even showed the headline. And so like her friend is kind of like, oh, well, like they're kind of discussing it and she feels bad. Like Evie or not Evie, um, Melanie feels bad. She doesn't want to send Evie back to like a place where she's you know, clearly not really being cared for 
um, or, you know, given the proper attention to and that kind of thing. So it kind of like for me, I wrote down like she definitely feels compelled to take care of everybody, which becomes a big problem because she's trying to take care of yes. too many people <laughs> when she's really got to take care of like three people, her, herself and her kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they do go to Brooke's house because Mel's been trying to get in contact with her for like two weeks, which is weird. The timing of this is weird because um, initially when they have like their flashback of like where Tracy and her mom's relationship was in the past, it said four months <laughs> earlier, I think. Does it say four months? I feel months like this weeks. all happened in like a month, honestly. <laughs> yeah, it did. So maybe I read it wrong, but like I swear it said four months. I was like, the math ain't, <laughs> the hashtag M-A-F. <laughs> the math ain't adding up. <laughs> the math mm-hmm. ain't adding up. But yeah, so she's been she's been trying to get in contact with Mel for like two weeks, and we find out that or not Mel, sorry, Brooke for two weeks, and we find out that she's been hiding out in her house because she got bad yes. plastic surgery, which is such a stupid thing. Like I cannot believe she wouldn't answer the phone to figure out where this because child is have- because she because her ears are all <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> And it was such a long scene too and I was like who cares about this lady and her surgery because she's crying she's like they look ruined at my me ears. I'm trying to get my look neck at my tightened ears. they gotta put the fat somewhere and they put it yeah. in my ears oh my god yeah they like cut they, yeah I think they like made like the incision by her ears so they could like pull her skin back because she's got I think she said she's got like turkey like, neck or whatever like, you know that thing was like, like this is so yeah I'm like oh my god that's so vain like it's vain and like I don't have a problem with vanity but like vanity in place of taking care of the mm-hmm. responsibility mm-hmm. she's this little girl <laughs> like like girl could have been, I don't know, wherever in the middle of Los Angeles. Exactly. She wouldn't have known because she wasn't answering the damn phone. <laughs> she wouldn't answer she was the sitting damn in the phone. house with Pat on. Yeah. And so this is the time when Mel's like, hey, Evie, so we're going to go. <laughs> Basically, like, hey, you're staying here. <laughs> Which props to Mel for like finessing that. <laughs> so, She's like, well, we're here. Bye. You're staying. Bye. You're going. <laughs> And she doesn't. She does a very like casual like. So Evie's kind of like off guard, and <laughs> she's a real, real casual like. And um, she was like, "Well, you're not gonna adopt me or what?" And then Mel's kind of like, "No, I'm not going to." And you know, you're here with Brooke, so you're safe, which is what I wanted. So you're you have a home. Here's your home. We're going back to our home. See you later. And and. Evie kind of looks at Tracy, and Tracy's kind of like, well, bye. It makes sense. Yeah, because we skipped this part. Um, Tracy has realized that she, by not going to class, (laughs) she'll fail. (laughs) Crazy, right? She's like, the teacher's like, so it looks like uh, you got F's on your last three tests. So you're not passing seventh grade. And she's like, what do you mean? She's like, "Mm, yeah, we need to talk to your mom. I can fail? Well, no, she just, she she can't believe that you can be held back, which I think is kind of like a weird thing with like overachieving kids because Tracy is like an overachiever. She wants all A's 
which is, I mean, in a sense, that's not necessarily overachieving, but to many people, you know, just getting to class and getting Mm -hmm. out of there in one piece is enough. (laughs) But she, you know, she wants all A's in every class. Um, That's her goal at the beginning of the semester. So I think being of that mindset, like a lot of people, like for me, I was one of those kids that like, I was kind of, I guess, can be considered an overachiever sometimes um, until about junior high. And then it just kind of all kind of, when <laughs> you slowly realize like yes. oh, I'm not the smartest kid I'm definitely not doesn't matter what my mom or my grandma has told me I'm not the smartest kid <laughs> it can be like a really hard fall kind of like a jolting experience to be like okay Ashley I failure. got my first C like my first C ever in life in sixth grade in science and I like boohooed I cried I was so upset for like getting a C and I was oh, like, I oh, don't understand why I gotta see on this paper. Oh my god. And I was like so upset. And then my mom was like, Brittany, this life, bruh. And I was like, oh. And she was like, people get C's. You deal with it. At least not a D. And I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, thank you, mom. <laughs> I gotta see on like a. Like a math, this was like way back when though, like on like in third grade, I think I got my first C on something. Like I had like a seventy something. I don't know what happened, but I like freaked out and like did not tell my grandma <laughs> like at all. Like I, I was like, no, I'm not bringing this home. I I don't know how I got away with it because I don't think we had to bring our test scores back. But like my grandma would always ask, you know, in the, in the way that grandmas do, and I was like, oh no, I'm not. I don't know. I don't. I'm blocking this out of my mind. <laughs> like this does not exist. I don't know what I did with the test, but like <laughs> I did not show my grandma. But yeah, Tracy kind of like gets um she mm-hmm. kind of gets brought back to earth by that like figuring that out, but also she um she has failed like in her science class um her biosphere project and she's also um she talks to Astrid like in class and Astrid's like, "Oh yeah, I'm in the school play and I'm a mermaid and she's like super mm-hmm. she's excited like, about it. And Tracy's like, look, she's like got the diamond, like the little gemstones on her face. She's like, I'm a mermaid. <laughs> Which is kind of cute. But Tracy kind of looks at herself in the mirror and she's like, what the fuck? Because like, this is like, like after the, the scene from the begin, like the opening of the movie where they're like huffing and punching each other in the face. So her face is all busted up. And she was trying to get Astrid to, like, cut with mm-hmm. her. And Astrid's like, no, I have class. Bye. And Tracy's, like, alone. Yeah. Like, and then she, yeah, like, gets ready to go. Oh, no. This is when she goes to gym class and two random black girls try to jump her for no reason because they weren't presented in any context earlier than this scene. And I was like, oh, where did they get these two black girls to beat up this white girl? Huh. Basically, after um, after Tracy's like, yeah, Evie, sorry, you can't come live with us. Evie just goes on like basically like an unseen <laughs> rampage where she um, she basically like they are their whole friend group basically excludes Tracy out of everything. Um, she starts spreading rumors about Tracy, which is when the girl gets confronted by the random black girls, which. 
Like, I was like, okay, is this like his boo? Like, I guess she's she's been saying that Trace has been sleeping with random guys at parties and stuff. So I was like, is this like one of the guys like boo thing? Who are these like, two who, like girls? What? Who are they? Who are they? Yeah, they're. I think they, I think they're like the only black girls. They the are the only right. Yep, they and they like try to fight the white main character. Yep, that's what's happening. Yeah, they mm-hmm. do try to bust up. Yeah, and Tracy's like, I didn't do that or whatever. Um, I think, oh, Tracy starts dressing like a normal person, too. Like, she starts wearing semi-normal clothes. Um, and Evie also turned in Tracy's fake ID oh, yeah. to school. So, um, which I think, so at this point in the movie, I think it's really interesting. So, like, over time, the movie... Um, kind of get yes. more and more desaturated. So by this point the movie I think I think Catherine says that like um after the scene with Luke the saturation slowly mm-hmm. um lessens um until the end I mean for by like the last like I don't know like 10 15 minutes of the movie it is like pretty much like bluish black and white. <laughs> like it's very yep. very blue. It looks like Twilight. Twilight. <laughs> yeah it's very much like but then also like she says that the saturation which i didn't notice in this part but like the saturation where tracy meets evie is like at a heightened Mm -hmm. level to where it's kind of like dreamlike kind of like in that sort of high effect of like you know i would i would you know liken it to like falling in love maybe (laughs) they are keep saying they're falling in love it's not like a healthy relationship but like yeah, it's kind of like that where you're, you know, your head's full of, you know, your head's in the clouds and everything's great and rose-colored glasses and that kind of thing. So by this point, like, the fucking, the fucking movie is damn near colorless. Um, she gets picked up from school by Brady, <laughs> a.k.a. Jeremy Sisto, <laughs> and um. he takes her home because she tries to lie and say she's studying with, like, Vanessa Hutchins, but she's really not. And, um, what's, I mean, what's studying girl? Like, <laughs> so she gets brought home and basically it's kind of like an, I thought it was like an intervention, but really it's like more of like kind of a weird confrontation. Yeah. Because Evie says her stash was found at Brooke's house and Evie ratted Tracy like a lot, out, though, basically. Because Evie did honestly nothing. Like the two scenes she was at her house, she did nothing to hide anything that she was doing. Brooke was letting them drink beer and stuff. So it seems like Evie was just upset mm-hmm. because she couldn't go live full time with Tracy. So she's just like, oh, yeah. So this is where Tracy has yeah. hidden all of her drugs. Like this is uh, t shirts and whatnot that we mm-hmm. stole. You should check Tracy's purse because she has stolen money in it. So. Yeah. Yeah. And the fucked up thing is, too, is that Evie's like, Tracy, I love you, before they, like, confront the parents and, or, you know, Brooke and Melanie. And, um, which, again, like, Mm-mm. this relationship is not healthy in, sli- in in the slightest. And for some reason, like, they have $860 mm-hmm. in cash. Mm-hmm. Like, they have my rent money <laughs> just sitting on the table. <laughs> I was like, dude, that's my rent. Like, can you pass that along through the waves of time and space? <laughs> it's 
Which I was just picking it out of people's pockets and whatnot and selling drugs with it. Um, and Tracy basically like lets it all out, all her frustrations out of her mom and says she doesn't know how to take care of the house and the kids. And this is when she blames her mom and says that she always steals yes. because they're broke. Which I think, again, Mel says, like, we don't have a lot of money, but, like, they're doing okay. Like, you know we're doing okay. Because they're not on the street. They have food. You know, they have a really big house, even though it's maybe nice a house. old house. But, yeah. So I think, again, it's kind of one of those things, like, we don't have the things that I would like that would make me sort of be accepted by, like, the popular crew. Like, readily available. Like, we can't just go and mm-hmm. buy $75 jeans. <laughs> All the time. So she resents her for that. Brooke is tells the group, she's like, we're moving to Ojai. So Evie's never going to see Tracy again. And basically says that Tracy is a bad influence. And Mel responds. This is so upsetting. Mel responds. She says, Tracy was playing with Barbies before she met Evie. Yeah, she was. Honestly, she was still a little kid before she met Evie. She was. Bob is like, I was like, D- I mean... That's also something I think that Tracy would be bothered by is like being into like little kid shit kind of or quote unquote little kid shit because yeah I think her mom almost uh, not what's the word is it infantilized I think so not, sound right yeah like it kind of feels like her mom kind of you know how she treats her kind of like your baby that kind of thing like you always be my little girl which I can't <laughs> stand when people say that. <laughs> Well, you have to let people grow mm-hmm. and be able to change and, you know, be prepared for them to grow and change in ways that you might not be, you know, might not, might not like, but at least you're prepared for it because her mom is like completely caught off guard by all this. And Evie has told Brooke that Tracy hit her, which is true. Yeah. <laughs> they both were clocking each other in the face. But then Brooke pulls Tracy's sleeve up and shows her the her, uh, shows her mom the marks from when she cuts herself. Yes. I was like, shit. <laughs> like, holy shit. Like, this is so much. Like, all these things that Evie has told Brooke. Like, she's basically, like, yes. flipped the entire script on Tracy and mm-hmm. left her in the dust, basically. Like, her vengeance was swift <laughs> as shit. And Brooke calls Tracy a cunt. Yeah. <laughs> which, she did. I mean, like, like, <laughs> like, holy shit, but okay. Um, and Evie says the house yeah, stinks and that's a shithole. Even though she and was she begging to stay. stay there and then uh, Mel put them out the house. Begging. <laughs> And this scene, this scene, did you, okay, I feel bad for, like, not liking this scene, but also, like, uh, I don't know, I feel like it kind of went on very long, but basically, Tracy's, like, she's mad that, um, because she kind of hears from Mason that they are planning to send her to her dad's house, which, I mean, I don't see how that would happen, considering her dad's trash, but... She, you know, is, like, basically, like, let go of me, let go of me, and, like, Mel's hugging her, and she's kind of, like, get off of me, let go, you know, and she, like, kisses the, the She was trying marks, to love her like daughter her back to health, actually. She was loving her daughter back to life. That's what that meant. Yeah. Okay. No. Well, I don't know if I like that whole 
scene because it went and on then, for a, it went on for a while. Did you realize the movie doesn't really have an ending? <laughs> like the this is like the end of the movie. So like the end of the movie is Mel like hugging yeah. Tracy, loving her daughter after this confrontation with Brooke and Evie, and then the movie actually ends with like a dreamlike scene where um Tracy's on like a merry-go-round in a park and just like spinning around and then that's it so like this movie doesn't really yeah and the color of the movie kind of returns oh but Mel did say something that I thought was kind of interesting she's like I would die for you but I don't want to leave you alone I don't know if that was supposed to be very deep it probably was I feel like Evie me Nikki Reed probably thought she was doing something they was like, oh, this is so profound. Let me write this. I don't know if it worked. And I'm like, Mm-mm. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so, I mean, that's pretty much the end of the movie. But, like, I don't know how I feel. I definitely didn't really like the ending, necessarily. Because it's like, I mean, it leaves it really open-ended. Like, I like the fact that they left it kind of open-ended. Because there is no quick fix mm-hmm. to any of this. Like, at all. But also, I just kind of, it kind of got, like, really... Mm-hmm. melodramatic in a way <laughs> that was kind of like oh well I mean I mean I guess <laughs> what happened like for me this is, this is the ending was like nobody's honestly suffering the consequences of their actions like the movie ends before you see how does Tracy actually go about rebuilding her life like what like I hate to do this again, but I'm going back yeah. to like Mean Girls. So right now, like the movie ends at the part where basically where Regina George gets hit, hit by a bus. Like we don't see what the next steps are yeah. for Tracy. Like how does Tracy not fail? Like she's fell in class. How does she not fail? What's going on? Because her teacher basically tells her there's no way she's going to pass. Like, not in a million years. And then also, like, there's, Mm -hmm. I mean, she's going to have to go through, like, a grieving period, right? With, like, she's, I mean, because she's got, she just had this really, really basic, like, this really intense relationship with this girl. The girl's gone. They don't have, you know, they have cell phones, Mm -hmm. but not like, not like we have cell phones, you know? So there's not really going to be a lot of contact or any contact pretty much. So it's like, I mean, she basically quit this really, really unhealthy relationship, like cold turkey. So is she going to go to therapy? Is she going to, Like, is she going to try to honestly, like, put effort into rebuilding her friendship with um, Vanessa Hudgens? Like, I felt like it just needed a little bit. Like maybe an extra twenty minutes on the end or something, just to kind of mm-hmm. wrap the whole story up, because it just drops off. It's just done. Like we done. Yeah, that's it. So, I overall it was. It's another movie where I felt like I made a mistake in recommending it and watching it because. It's, I guess I would consider it like a time capsule movie. Like it is a picture of life for kids, sort of, in the early 2000s. Like I get that from that picture. It doesn't, it tries, it tries its best 
but it doesn't quite hit all of the notes that it should hit to be considered a good, Mm -hmm. good movie. Like, I feel like, honestly, this is either an episode, like a a Degrassi special episode where it's like an hour, 30 minutes, or like a Lifetime movie. You know what? Which one is it? Is it remember when Ashley had like her goth moment? <laughs> yeah. Yes. 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 This is this is it. This is it. I don't know, but wasn't she? I'm trying to remember the relationships with Degrassi because she was like friends with like Paige, and Paige was considered the bad girl, but she wasn't bad in yes. this sense. She was more like Evie kind is of like a snarky Regina George kind of thing. Evie is man. Evie is definitely made it. But then, like, Ashley kind of had her weird moment where she kind of, she went from, like, the kind of, not necessarily girl next door, but she definitely went, like, full-on, like, depressive goth. Out of, I don't remember what the catalyst for it, that episode was. I know was, what it was. I remember exactly. Okay. So this is what happened with Ashley. It. I feel like this is the episode where something happened. Like, maybe she kissed. Craig or something, and mm, what the, <laughs> Craig is the Craig is the source. Craig, Craig is, is the, the problem. problem. <laughs> Craig was one of my favorite characters, but I can realize that too. And I have no idea why he was my favorite, but like I liked him yeah, until Craig. I think I realized he was trash. Probably when he had that incident. Oh, when he had Manny doing nosebleed on stage. When he had Manny doing coke. Yeah, Jesus. But like, I feel like. Ashley kissed Craig, and then yeah. Jimmy, my bae, Jimmy found out about it. And he was like, Ashley, you're such a slut. You're a slut. And then oh, everybody yeah. just, like, shunned Ashley. And she had to hang out with her lame-ass brother, Toby. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I remember I, that whole... There were so, like, many interconnected relationships on that show. And I heard it's on YouTube, but I kind of want to go watch it. <laughs> you can go watch it. I kind of want to go watch it. Whatever it takes, you know you can make it through, Ashley. You know you can make it through. <laughs> <laughs> I, guess, I guess my feelings on this movie are, are kind of... Um, I mean, it's fine. It's not, I feel like when it came out, it was probably more um, in that sort of groundbreaking, um, I guess, shocking, quote unquote, group of films. But mm-hmm. like we said, like Degrassi, I think we both watched Degrassi. <laughs> I watched Skins. So I've seen more than my share of teenagers being like out of control and sort of ignored by their parents. And how they have, you know, they basically are allowed to run wild. And we see what happens. I think this one is a good study of, like, what teens with unhealthy coping mechanisms mm-hmm. might be going through. So in that sense, I think it's it's good to see that. But, like, overall, like, some parts are just kind of really, really... Um, it's like the extreme yeah. version of, like, what would happen. Like, everything that maybe could happen to your seventh grader, but like to the, to the farthest extreme, because I mean, and there's some parts that like we, 
you know, we both kind of sort of like, oh yeah, I related to this. I relate to this. I totally related not to wanting somebody, wanting to somebody to adopt me. But I remember like me and my friend would have sleepovers at each other's houses. Like I would go to her house, um, like Friday night and then she would come over to my house Saturday night. Like we would, and we didn't want to leave. Aww. Yeah. We would do that. Like we would basically spend like the entire weekend together and we would do that. Um, we started doing that when we went to school together and then we, um, started going to different schools, like in fifth grade and we would still keep up with each other. Like we're still friends to this day, which is great because I, this is going to be like, oh the, my like God. I think in so August we'll know each other like 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. We, that's just like my longest friendship to be, you know, completely honest. But, um, like I can get that sort of wanting to be like inseparable kind of thing. Cause like, we're like really, really tight and we have like, we still like joke about shit that happened like in elementary school and stuff. And it's really weird. But like, so I can understand like when you kind of find that friend and you just like kind of mm-hmm. feel like you can't live without him almost. But yeah, this is unhealthy. <laughs> like everything with Tracy and Evie is just flat out unhealthy. Um, and the way they sort of push each mm-hmm. other to be more and more like self-destructive is kind of, you know, it is worrisome. And I don't want to like negate anybody that has been through something like this where they were kind of like having like, you know, this period in their life when they were acting out and they kind of were, you know, starting to experiment with jugs and that kind of thing. But I think, I think the movie, I mean, it's not perfect and it, but it's not like unwatchable. It's, <laughs> so, it's acceptable. I feel like I'm not I mean, it does have some parts. <laughs> like if you want to aggressively yell, no bra, no panties at somebody. It has that going for it. <laughs> but like I don't like I don't know if I would like say you have iconic. to seek out this movie <laughs> to watch it. Like if it's on TV and you're in the room and you are experiencing it, like you don't necessarily have to pay attention through all of it. But I I mean, if you don't have anything better to do, you mm-hmm. can watch it. Like it's not gonna be like harmful or anything. But do take like he to like it yeah. does have some like violence some self-harm some drinking sexual situations so just keep that in mind the self-harm part was a lot i didn't think they were going to show it and then like i get really kind of squeamish with shit like that so i was like oh like i can yeah. feel myself like kind of turtling a little bit like oh no <laughs> she's gonna do it oh no help her so but yeah, so um, yeah. Shout out to if you do want to watch a movie that's similar that. to this, <laughs> I would recommend "She's Too Young" from two thousand four. It was a Lifetime movie that's pretty equally wild, except it's about syphilis. So, oh my god, <laughs> it's about like a small syphilis outbreak. You <laughs> did. I had a recommendation this time. Okay. I have so a recommendation what would you this time. I do, and it's not the simplest movie. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh, yes. I was gonna okay, say so heavenly creatures. Ignore my recommendation <laughs> and go with heavenly creatures. I'm not gonna sway anybody from watching a lifetime original movie. I would never do that. But like I think uh-huh. like when I was watching it and when they started speaking in code to each other, and I was like, ooh, 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 ooh. They are they are they are too close. <laughs> like they are really close together. Um, like the relationship has reached a level that uh, I wasn't expecting, mm-hmm. or don't think 
um, they can pull each other away from very fast. And that reminded me of Heavenly Creatures because in that movie, they become like really close really fast. And I think they do have some um, moments when not Kat, not Kate Winslet's character, but the other girl, mm-hmm. you kind yeah. of feel like she's in love with Kate Winslet's character a little bit. Um, and, and that reminded me of this movie in parts. Um, it's about a murder in New Zealand, like in the 50s or the 60s. So it's not entirely like, you know, drugs and shocking things. Um, and these girls connect more on like a fantasy level. Like they start imagining worlds that are not there. Um, and that's how they sort of get entangled with each other. So, um, and it's based on a true story. Yeah, they, yeah, Mm -hmm. I think, I'm pretty sure this happened like in the 50s, but it was in New Zealand, so it's kind of like a whole different It's a really good movie there. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, that's what this reminded me of. I like this, uh, yeah, Mm -hmm. I haven't seen it in a really long time, but I I remember liking it a lot. But yeah, that's my first uh, recommendation, so be proud of me. I'm very proud of you. So you go watch Heavily Creatures or you go watch this She's Too Young syphilis (laughs) movie from Lifetime. Um. It's called She's Too Young. I'm yes. going to put it on my list. I'm, I'm, I'm writing it down right now. <laughs> I'm worried. I'm going to actually look at it on Wikipedia and see what the hell's up. And then so, I'm, yeah, I'm you have a tweet and be young. like, what the hell? <laughs> um, I do have another one, but I'm, not gonna, I'm going to save that for later. But thank you guys for you listening for to this episode. I hope you all enjoyed it. Um, if you, Oh, my God. We talked about this movie for a very long time. But... <laughs> I think this, I think something's going on with the timer. I don't think we've been talking. I mean, we have been talking a maybe, long time, but I I don't think it's going to be player club long. We'll see. Maybe so you can catch us at um at blackgirlfilmclub.com or on Twitter b l c k because we can't be black on Twitter. Um, film black b l k. Wait, yeah, b l k. Yeah, b l k. Because Twitter is racist. Um, film. <laughs> film club we blk girl film club um and you guys if you want to we would really appreciate it if you reviewed um left a review for our podcast on itunes and subscribe i love reading them yes. i think they're so sweet we only have a couple but i enjoy looking at them and i send them to Brittany. <laughs> yes so thank you guys for listening and we'll yes um our next episode will be talking about Pariah. Yes, Pariah. It's on Netflix right now. Um, by the time you get this, we probably will have already watched yes. the uh, watched the movie. But while it's on Netflix, please go watch it. I have never seen it. I'm excited to see it. Um, I've always seen it on my you know list of choices and Netflix, but I've never actually gotten to watch it. So this this month is the month. Yes, and I think it's. Um, do you know the director? It's like D D Breeze. I would have to look it up, but it is directed by a woman, so it should be. It's a really good D Reese. So she did Mudbound. So she directed Mudbound. Um, oh, and that's another one I haven't mm-hmm. seen. Good grief, I'm really behind. We'll get better. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll, we'll, we'll do better. I promise. We'll catch you guys next time. Bye. Bye, guys.